Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Start up your Thursday on B&E, Buck-Ons and Buck-Offs. reading this quote from uh, DeMar DeRozan. He said, yeah, I kept hearing something during the game, <laughs> during free throws. I looked back and I said, dang. I know that well, voice. It's my daughter screaming. <laughs> That's funny. And the uh, Raptors missed half of their 36 free throws and they lost the game last night. Uh, we'll get to the scoreboard. Also get to... Uh, yeah, she's way more effective than Zion is because <laughs> Zion says Zion's playing when Zion is ready. What I mean, what mess. did that dude do? Did he trip over a bowl of gumbo at the restaurant or something? He's been a bust so far. I mean, there's no other way to put it. And a lot of people predicted that with Zion because of his body type. They really and his did. Size. They really, really did. Well, remember we were talking about if he gets hurt with that body. Well, and now the again, you, this is a hard thing to allege of a professional athlete, but the. The new argument is that he's unwilling to play unless he's 100% healthy. Oh, no no well, one's he, 100%. He talks in the third person. He says, when Zion's ready to play. Oh, that's enough for me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, and you, you just uh, – he's just he's not in good shape. I got – well – I mean, that's the number one thing. I mean, if you're going to – imagine his teammates, even the teammates in the NBA who can tend to be selfish, thinking, looking at that guy going, look at this body on this – Tub of lard right now. <laughs> Golly. We're trying to get into the yeah. playoffs. And you won't even play? Get out there for 15 minutes and uh-uh. give us what you got? Well, Zion not healthy yet, I guess. Zion not healthy is right. Hamstring. Zion not ready. Yeah, well, the season's over now. Uh, so you get ready next year. Seems like the uh, the food assortment in New Orleans probably not the best. The best spot for him? For him. You know what I mean? It's uh, New Orleans not the healthiest city when it comes to diet and uh uh, Zion seems to be enjoying yeah, his the head has turned into like a like a bee's nest dropped on the top of him. He's a little swollen, <laughs> a little swollen, <laughs> yeah, and he's not healthy. No. So, and their season is over. We'll get to that scoreboard coming up. Also, they've teed off at Harbor Town this morning. Buck the PGA Tour following up the Masters, and this is one of those uh, designated events. So the top tier players are there, including John Rahm, including Scotty Scheffler. Last year's Jordan champion Spieth. Jordan Spieth yeah. is there. They're tee off this morning. It's a full field. The only big name not there is obviously the live golfers. And then uh, uh, Roy McIlroy, who withdrew from the tournament, uh, won't play uh, after he missed the cut at Augusta. So uh, we'll get you that. We're going to talk to our buddy Omar Uresti coming up bottom of the hour. Our Austin, our golf insider, his thoughts on uh, what he saw at the Masters, his thoughts on uh, the golf season, the live golfers, and those uh, the, the situation there. That'll be coming up at the bottom of the hour. Also in our coaches' corner, we're going to dive into uh, – the Longhorns in the spring game, two days away. They are about to, to, to hit the field for their last practice of spring practice ahead of the scrimmage on Saturday. So we'll preview that coming up here from Sark, getting ready for the game. And a couple of breakout stars potentially, or break, breakout players on both sides of the ball for Sark so far during the six weeks of spring. 
Also, Buck, there's an interesting trade rumor percolating in and around the NFL, two weeks of the NFL draft. I'll get you that coming up. But first, let's get to the headlines, the trending topics to start your Thursday. UBO Business Services brings it to you. Start with the Longhorn basketball team and the fluid nature of their roster continues with word yesterday that Longhorn freshman Dylan Mitchell will declare for the 2023 NBA draft. But like his teammate Tyrese Hunter, he will maintain his college eligibility, which would allow both players to come back and play for the Longhorns next season if they so choose. Uh, if they're not projected to be picked in the first two round, the two-round NBA draft, and after going through the process, they have that decision to make. Draft is scheduled for June 22nd. Texas football, Longhorns will go through their final practice, as I mentioned, a spring today, this morning, ahead of Saturday's orange-white scrimmage at DKR. Saturday is also the day the NCAA transfer portal reopens for spring, April 15th. According to reports, several current Texas players plan to enter that portal when it does, including speedy wide receiver Brennan Thompson, the two-sports star from Spearman, also on the Longhorn track and field team. Inside Texas are reporting this morning that redshirt freshman defensive end Derek Brown and redshirt freshman linebacker Travell Johnson will also enter that portal. Neither player saw any playing time last season as freshman while redshirting. In the NBA play-in tournament last night, the 9 and 10 seed games, both 10 seeds came out with wins. Uh, in Toronto, with Zach Levine pouring in 39. DeMar DeRozan at 23 to lead Chicago past Toronto, 109-105. Bulls will now face Miami tonight. Winner will claim the 8th seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs. In the West, Oklahoma City topped the Pelicans of New Orleans in New Orleans, 123-118. They'll face Minnesota tonight. Winner will be the 8th seed in the West. Major League Baseball last night, rough, rough night for the homestanding Rangers in Arlington. Kansas City avoided a sweep with a 10-1 win there last night. Earlier in the day, Astros took the rubber game of their series in Pittsburgh, 7-0. Jose Urquidy and three relievers combined on a three-hit shutout. Incredible start to the season continues for the Tampa Bay Rays. Last night, they beat Boston 9-7. It's their 12th straight win to start the 2023 season. That puts the Rays one win away from tying the all-time mark of 13 straight. That is held by the 82 Atlanta Braves and the 87 Milwaukee Brewers. They're going to face the Red Sox again this afternoon, just after noon first pitch in Tampa, looking to tie the record. Round Rock, a 6-0 loser to Tacoma last night. Same two teams tonight on a thirsty Thursday at Dell Diamond. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Yeah, now I want Tampa to go ahead and, and tie the record and do it against the Red Sox because that's more embarrassing for the Red Sox to get yeah. swept by that, that group. That's good. Yeah, well, everybody's been swept by that group so far to start the season. Uh, but, yeah, the Rays are something, something Let else. Let me ask you this. So the, the run differential of 65 runs in the – 12 games so So the far. young guy that's left Texas, the wide receiver, was he running track during the spring? Was he not playing football? Right. He was running track? That's right. Well, what the hell? I mean, I mean, obviously you're not good enough to make the track team because that's a pretty good damn track team that they have over at the 40 Acres right now. That track and field is pretty damn good there. So, But you could have been – you needed to be spending your time on the football field well, and look, on the track. I mean, I, I don't – I mean, there's any number of reasons a guy will transfer, right? I mean, he's from Spearman, Texas, which is a tiny town in the Panhandle. Maybe who knows? Doesn't like the big city. I have no idea. But uh, reports that Brennan, we'll 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 get some intel on hmm. that coming up. But yes, he was running running track and wasn't participating in the spring uh, with the Longhorns, and now the word that he's going to yeah, uh, that's called rival. falling behind. Well, sure. And you got a new wide receiver coach. Yeah. Uh, and maybe falling out of favor a little bit. Yeah. Um. So you know, but again, that's what the portal is. If you sure, you know, if he's homesick, I don't know. I mean, who knows? Uh, but he's fast. We know that. But the Longhorns feel pretty good about their wide receivers. Before we get into that and uh, hear from Steve Sarkeesian into the spring game, uh, the the trade that is percolating out there. How about this? USA Today reporting that on draft night, you know, and through draft weekend, which is two weeks from today. 
that the Tennessee Titans plan to shop running back Derrick Henry. Also says that the Dallas Cowboys may be an interested party. That uh, Derrick Henry, the monster of a running back out of Tennessee, of course Alabama Heisman Trophy winner, is in the final going into the final year of his contract, so it essentially would be a one-year situation. Okay. Uh, and that the Cowboys might be interested. That tells me that if they're going to shop it on draft night, you know, obviously they're looking for something for the for the weekend, a pick for the weekend. You know, this is one that that would be bear watching. If you're the Cowboys and you feel like you, this is your your window is here, maybe you've you've not maximized your opportunity the last two years where you let some guys go and didn't attack the free agent or the trade market and uh, stood still. Cowboys not doing that this offseason. They've acquired Brandon Cooks uh, from the Houston Texans, a wide receiver. They have acquired Stephon Gilmore at corner to shore up the other side opposite Trayvon Diggs. And now a report that maybe they're interested in the Derrick Henry conversation. They which, take a lot of pressure off Dak Prescott with this dude. Yes. Well, and again, uh, Tony Pollard's been franchise tagged. If you pair him with Derrick Henry in the wow. backfield, I, I mean, I'm a firm believer that Dak Prescott needs more weapons, not less. Like Patrick Mahomes can win a Super Bowl for you without Tyreek Hill and maybe all the weapons that he had and the collection of players. Dak Prescott needs as many as we can get for him, right? Sure. I mean, that's That's been shown. And last year was was never more evident when – Tony Pollard got hurt in that uh, in a, a, a NFC playoff game in San Francisco, and it was really just C.D. Lamb that was scaring the defense at that point. So, look, the Brandon Cooks trade brings a speedster on the outside opposite C.D. Michael Gallup gets a year healthier. Well, you had uh, Derrick Henry, who, whatever his age is and, and wear and tear on the I'll tires, take him. As, as, a, as, a, as your co-running back along with Tony Pollard, that's, that's impressive. That would be to replace Zeke. Yeah, I, I mean, I, take that. I don't know what you'd do the year after, how much money you'd be willing to pay him. But if he got you to the Super Bowl, you'd be willing to pay him. We're going to pay him what his contract is. Yeah, okay. $16 well. million dollar cap hit this year. Yeah, it's a big number. Can the Cowboys, now they've restructured a bunch of contracts. and um, you know, But look, this does have the sense and, and the feel for the first time in a little while, like Jerry Jones is going for it. Uh, the trades that he's made, these have all been been smart. Now, the risk in that is that you're acquiring older players, which older older players come with a higher injury risk. Uh, it's one of those we talk about a lot with the Texas Rangers, right, and their pitching staff. If you acquire a bunch of older pitchers that are injury prone, it's it's you cross your fingers because if we can stay healthy, we're good. If you acquire Brandon Cooks has been an injury issue down in Houston. Uh, Stephon Gilmore is 31 years old, and, and so is uh, Derrick Henry. But at the same time, if you're bringing those guys in, Buck, you're not asking them to be the number one guy, right? I mean, you're asking Stephon Diggs to play opposite Trevon Diggs. Sure. You're asking Brandon Cooks to be a complimentary piece to C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup. Derrick Henry's still a stud. Yeah, I mean that. I mean he's not. You're not. He's not ready to go out to pasture, is he? No, but he's on. But again, Tennessee's in a, in a bit about to rebuild. They don't even know who their quarterback's going to be. They right. have a new general manager, and GMs like to come in and, and make some changes. And I think that would be interesting. And you know, again, if you're trading, you're trading an older player to to get a draft pick, so you can draft a younger player who's cheaper. Yeah, yeah he's. I mean, I know he's not out to pasture, but he's not a young colt either. So I think that would be. A good nice meeting, no, but he's not washed up. No, oh no, no, no. That guy, ten years from now, will still knock the crap out of you and still get you some yardage <laughs> uh, if you've got the right kind of offensive line. And well, plus, you know, their head coach wants to run the ball. That's exactly right. And it goes to my theory that come draft time, they're going to take an offensive lineman in the first round yeah. or tight end. I really think that a tight end could be in the play because they want to be a physical run team. Rest of the league is moving to more abandoning the run and throwing the ball all the time. Yeah, which tells me that if Bijan's still available, which I don't think he will be, they'll take an offensive lineman instead. Yeah, well, if they acquire Derrick Henry, they're not. And really, it comes down to compensation. Well, what are they going to? What, what does Tennessee want for Derrick Henry? 
can't be more than a second or third day draft pick, right? It really can't be uh, at this point of his career on a one-year contract, essentially. So we'll follow that story. That's according to USA Today. Put it out there to the Cowboy fans. Is that a buck on or a buck off for you if they acquire Derrick Henry to go with Tony Pollard and give another weapon to Dak Prescott? I'm going to buck that on for a year. Uh, I would agree. Let's dive into the uh, Coach's Corner. It's brought to you by Audiovisual Consultations. That's avconsultations.com online. All right, so uh, well, normally we play J- Happy Jack is in the house. The uh, Ty Henderson had to make a trip up to Dallas. I mean, can and you it, imagine Derrick Henry with the star on his helmet in that uni? E? Well, wow. Think, look, it's something Cowboy fans have been begging Jerry Jones to do for a while now. They've been resting on their draft picks and their developing of their own players and have not been aggressive in the free agent market or in trades. And, God, the trade they made last year was trading Amari Cooper, which hurt the ball club in a big way. Uh, this year they're actually going for it, and that's that's exciting. It doesn't guarantee anything, but we know the West or the NFC is wide open. I mean, the NFC is that. I mean, Philadelphia is the favorite, and they're the defending champions, and they'll come back really good. But man, adding significant veteran pieces to do the their, exact same thing they did last year. Well, when they got AJ Brown. Yeah. Well, I mean, Derrick Henry, Brandon Cooks. You know, add another offensive lineman or a big physical tight end to help you run the football, oh, yeah. which is what Mike McCarthy wants to do. I mean, this is that, that would be a, a smart move, in my opinion. But um, because, it, again, Tony Pollard's on a one year deal because you franchise tagged him. Derrick Henry would be in the last year of his deal. And uh, so they're only one year players for you at that point. You're not locked into them. Because remember, the Cowboys are going to be in a position, no matter what happens this coming season, they've got to get Micah Parsons signed for the long haul. Oh, no, Trayvon they've got to start loading up the bank. And CeeDee Lamb. All three of those guys are going to need new deals. So you don't want to lock into long term deals. But uh, these short-term deals with Gilmore and Cooks and this one, uh, that that can help you uh, win some football games. We'll take your thoughts. Speaking of football games, Longhorns are going to play one this Saturday. It's the orange-white scrimmage. We heard from Sark earlier this morning that uh, they are going to play a game. They are going to keep score, and they want it to be really competitive. Uh, so fans will get to see that coming up on Saturday. Uh, how about a couple of names on either side of the ball, offense and defense, that uh, maybe are, are poised for breakouts the first one on offense, Buck, speaking of tight ends, is J.T. Sanders, Jatavion Sanders, who had a really good year. He had a breakout year last year mm-hmm. as a redshirt freshman. More expected of him this year. Here's Sark on what he's seeing of J.T. Sanders and what a problem he can be for Big 12 defenses in 20 and 23. You know, J.T.'s got a really high football IQ, so the more we can move him around uh, and to give him different route opportunities, um, that part's been helpful. I think run game-wise, there's still an evolution to his game where I think he can take it to another level uh, from a blocking perspective. Um, and then when he catches the ball, what he does with the ball in his hands. You know, he's a big physical guy. He's very athletic. We're trying to get him to use his body more once the ball is in his hands. And, and I think we're seeing that. He's much more physical right now with the ball in his hands than he's ever been in the first couple of years. And this is something you've been preaching. You've got to uh, use them then. Well, and, and get them early. Well, think about this, too. And it's something we talk about with the Cowboys. But in college football, for sure, and especially in the Big 12, defenses are getting smaller, right? Defenses are being built for speed. They're moving safeties to, to linebacker. And they're, because you've got to be able to run with, with uh, these Big 12 spread offenses. And, you know, the, the, uh, the counter to that, we saw, you know, Iowa State do it with going three tight ends. But if you're Sark and you've got a big monster like this at tight end, who can, A, help you in your running game because he's a willing and yeah, getting better Yeah, go ahead and bring blocker. another little cornerback up there or safety to try to yeah, what do you run cover against him with? Yeah. And, if you're, you know, and we also just saw the Georgia Bulldogs win the national championship with a heavy set with three tight ends at times. And, and they're, you know, they're all-star. They're, they're 
All-American tight end carries the ball. Yeah, Brock Bowers. Yeah, he'll carry the ball on reverses. Yeah, well, th- this is this. I mean, I think Jatavion Sanders, Sark raved about him last year being willing as a five-star stud coming in to redshirt, first of all, to be able to sit and, and add weight and learn how to play tight end because he had not played that in high school. He was a receiver and, a, and an edge pass rusher in high school at Denton. Uh, so he he was willing to redshirt, and then last year had the breakout year, and then this year maybe poised for super breakout year where sure. he just becomes a matchup nightmare. Because if you're where you feel like you are in your passing game with the depth at wide receiver and uh, that we've talked about, and then your run game and an improved offensive line, this guy just becomes a problem. Just think think Travis Kelsey in the in the NFL. I mean, you know who do you match him up with? Can you cover him? And well, I don't think they. I think everybody will have problems covering him. For yep. me. Is if you you're still bringing in those extra safeties and stuff, or let him try to tackle that guy on reverses. Yep. I'll take that one on one. And knowing going into the year that he's going to be a feature to the offense, that can really rev him up. And uh, you look, Jatavion Sanders, the guy who's draft eligible after this year. So yes. don't forget about that. I mean, and these guys are playing for that next level. There's no doubt about that. And Steve Sarkeesian doesn't bow back from or bow down from that. They want these guys to, you know play you know as a job opportunity at the at the NFL level and uh, Jatavion Sanders will be one of those guys for sure. On the defensive side of the ball, obviously coming into the uh the spring and through the winter, the biggest you know according to Sark, the biggest area of improvement was pass rush, right? Uh, you know, sacking the quarterback, affecting the quarterback. They did a good job of it last year of improving but want to take that next step this year. Uh Sark was asked about uh, someone who's really stood out for him in this spring that has uh really helped in that regard. He's very smart. Uh, he has, I mean, at times I feel like he's unblockable as Byron Murphy. And that's internal pressure. I mean, but this guy is so active. He's so strong. He's so quick. And he's very smart. Uh, he has presented some real issues. Um, I think Anthony Hill, anytime that he can present opportunities to rush the passer, uh, he's an issue that way. Um, those two guys are the first two that stand out to me that I feel like whenever their number and their opportunity presents itself, they, they find their way back there. All right, so two defensive stands up. Byron Murphy, you keep hearing him, the motor never stops. No one can block him. Um, you know, he's internal pressure. And that he, he'll be playing a lot this year next to uh, Alfred Collins, Buck. And that's a problem on the interior. And if you can get interior pressure oh, yeah. on quarterbacks – uh, you got to flush quarterbacks out, which makes it easier for the edge rushers to get them on the ground because they're getting flushed either to the right or the left. Uh, that's a, that's an encouraging piece of information. And Anthony Hill, how about that? That's speaking of Denton Ryan. That's the uh, five-star freshman on the defensive side who has had an impact getting after the quarterback. And you, know, you wonder if he could fill that role that Demarvion Overshone of a guy that can play linebacker, but also can help you with your pass rush. And uh, just because of his sheer, you know, athleticism and. Uh, and, and, you know, ability to get the quarterbacks, that, that's going to be the key for the Longhorn defense this year of taking that next step. Passing game on offense, uh, pass rush on defense, and at least we'll get to see it on well, Saturday. The, the, the guy for me that needs to step to that, that elite level is the kid that came from Ohio State last year. I think he needs to be the guy. He, he had a lot of success, and he had some things that happened to him last year too. But he needs to be the mature guy back there, a cornerback. He, that yeah, needs to, corner. Yeah, needs to be – the guy in the Big 12. You know what I mean? That you don't want to be throwing balls against with his long arms and his length. I think that's – I mean, if he makes an, a, an, another step from where he was last year, I think that will be absolutely fantastic for the secondary. It has a lot of good players in the secondary. 
So we get another draft eligible player after this year, That's Ryan right. Watts, uh, who of course is from transferred in from Ohio State, but originally from the state of Texas. Uh, he's going to be your boundary corner uh, mm-hmm. by himself on the short side, and then you know Gavin Holmes has come in from Wake Forest, and uh, they really have raved about him as a two year starter out of the ACC, bringing depth to their defensive backfield. Uh, Anthony Hill uh, at linebacker, along yeah, a lot with, of guys uh, back there with Jalen Ford, because uh, I think I mean, at the end of the day, your your defensive leader is going to be Jalen Ford in the middle. Uh, number 41, who was so impactful last year. But everything will stem out from him. And uh, there's Sark on a couple of guys, J.T. Sanders and Byron Murphy, along with Anthony Hill, names to watch. And guys to watch when you go to the spring game or watch the spring game on Saturday, 1 o'clock from DKR. Uh, we'll come back. We're going to talk with our uh, our golf insider, our man Omar Uresti. He is Austin Golf from Crockett High School to the University of Texas to the professional ranks and still getting it done. We'll talk to Omar about his thoughts on the uh, the Masters. Uh, did Brooks Kepka? Was that a cheating situation that he should have owned a two-stroke penalty in the early rounds of the Masters? We'll ask him that question. Also, uh, let him highlight our feature course of the month, uh, brought to you by Callahan's General Store. That's coming up, uh, hot or not, for the end of the hour, and more on the Longhorns in the spring game, which is right around the corner now here on b Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yes, sir. A weekly feature, buck-ons and buck-offs every Thursday. A tradition unlike any other. Who has earned the pat on the back? About the kick in the hindcourt. A lot of people bucking off the Texas State fans who apparently, after the uh, rowdy game on Tuesday night, Texas State won that ball game 9-3. Texas, of course, had beaten the Bobcats on Monday night in San Marcos. We talked yesterday that some some fans were ejected. There might have been a fight in the stands. And then there's been reports of vandalism of vehicles in the parking lot. Come on now. Come on, are these Philadelphia Eagle fans now? What are we doing? Settle this thing down. We like the I-35 rivalry, 30 miles apart, San Marcos to Texas, and we hope it keeps going. But, man, there's the, that's uncalled for. Speaking of Texas baseball, in one hour we will talk uh, with David Pierce, our weekly visit with the skipper, uh, head coach, going into their series in Waco. They are... Uh, now playing some pretty good baseball despite that loss on Saturday, on Tuesday. That was their fifth game in five days. We'll talk to Coach about the mindset as they head into a big-time Big 12 series this weekend on the road. Also, top of the next hour, Buck, we're going to talk to our friend Jerry Hamilton uh, from Inside Texas. His thoughts. You asked the question of why Brennan, Stewart, uh, Brennan Thompson may be transferring. We'll let him answer that. Also, on the basketball side of things, what he's hearing on Dylan Mitchell, uh, Arterio Morris, uh, the Longhorn basketball roster, Tyrese Hunter, and uh, the changing face of that thing. How about this on a buck offer situation? Did you hear about the uh, the explosion at the dairy farm buck in the Texas Panhandle? No, I did not. Castro County in the Texas Panhandle, 18,000 cows were killed in an explosion. One person critically injured at a dairy farm in the Texas Panhandle. Not 18, not 1,800, 18,000 cows. Because the price of meat, milk. milk, dairy farm, dairy farm. Oh, we don't eat those. Those. That's not the eating cattle. <laughs> that's the pumping cattle. Yeah, uh, I I don't know the cause of that, but that's a large number. Cow of, gas. <laughs> don't eighteen thousand right? cows. Let's not be flippant. I don't know what caused Somebody it. Somebody lit a match. Somebody lit a match. 
All right, let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Love talking golf with uh, uh, Austin's own Omar Uresti. He's a lifetime Longhorn. He is a Crockett Cougar and uh, uh, a member at our new course of the month, the Onion Creek Club out there in South Austin. Omar joins us on the Vaqueros Hotline. Omar, how are you? I'm doing great this morning, Aaron. Morning, Buck. Hi, Omar. Hey, uh, good time just out, out at the OC. We'll talk some golf here coming up from uh, the local perspective. But let me ask you your thoughts on the Masters. And uh, you've got uh, you're of Spaniard descent. That had to be pretty neat to see John Rahm become the fourth Spaniard to win the Green Jacket. It was uh, it was pretty awesome to watch. Uh, had me glued to the TV on Sunday, and uh, just was uh, so excited for John Rahm to be able to to pull it out at the end. And um, you know, some some good golf that was uh, was watched, and some good golf that was played. So uh, rather exciting. You know, Omar. Despite the the, the weather there. Guys did pretty well. I thought they handled themselves well. And, I mean, I, that's just a part of uh, the game of golf. I mean, weather is going to dictate how you play the game. And no matter where the course is, you're still going to have to no, – I mean, if they don't just cancel play, you're going to have to deal with some adversity when it comes to golf. Yeah, you know, and that's the, the way golf is. Unless it's uh, just a torrential downpour where the greens get flooded or, you know, it's too much water on the course yep. or there's lightning in the area, you know, you're going to have to continue to play in that. And it, uh, sometimes it's, uh, you know, annoying. Sometimes it's, it makes it just almost, uh, impossible. And, you know, sometimes you think it's not fair, but that's the way, you know, everybody has to play. Omar, you're resting with us. Omar, what'd you make of Scotty Scheffler in his putting? I mean, putting is the, you know, it's the mental part of the game. Those greens are, are diabolical there at Augusta National. You know, Scotty finished tied for 10th and he, you know, Tita Green, he was as good as anybody, but the, the putter just abandoned him. Uh, you know, what, what you, you, we've all been there. What, what do you, what do you make of Scotty and how quickly can he turn that around? You know, he, he's, uh, it, it seems like he's been kind of a streaky putter. Um, you know he has his really good tournaments, and he has some other tournaments that are not so uh, not so great with the putter. But uh, that's the way golf is, and you know he's uh, it. It seems to be getting more consistent uh, over the last year than what he was before. Uh, even though he had reached that number one spot a couple times, um, but you know that's the way golf is. It's just in those greens, like you said, if you're not, you can hit a lot of greens out there, but you can have 40 footers all day, and those uh, 40 footers are pretty impossible to to get close at times. Omar, can you play too much golf? I mean, Jordan, you know, he he started off, I mean, you go to Hawaii, you go to California, you go to Florida. Hell, I'm surprised he didn't play down in San Antonio before the Masters. He's he's played a lot of golf this year trying to get his game back together. Can you play too much golf? No, I absolutely think so. Uh, you know, it's just not necessarily physically, but mentally it just mm-hmm. it can wear you down and depends on how much how hard you have to focus and you know, the obviously the Masters, you want to focus a little bit harder. So, you know, mentally it can just beat you down. Certainly so. Hey, let me ask you, you are, uh, you know, golfed your whole life and your brother is a caddy. Uh, who's who's your brother caddying for these days? I, I forget. I mean, you've told me that a few times. You know, right now he might be in between bags. I'm not 100% sure. He uh, was caddying for Tom Pernice uh, for the last four events on the Champions Tour. I'm I'm heading up to Monday qualify next week for the invited, so hopefully I can get that taken care of, and maybe he'll caddy for me. Yeah, well, and from the caddy side of things, what did you make, and what do you think he made of what we saw with Brooks Kepka and Gary Woodland in, uh, on the Thursday round, where it appeared video evidence showed pretty clearly that uh, Brooks Kepka's caddy, you know, said the said the number five, 
um, you know, essentially telling you know the, the caddy for his player that uh, we used a five iron on that shot uh, because uh, Brooks had already hit and hit a great shot into the green. The distance was right on. Uh, but you can't share information on the golf course. You have to protect the field and everybody. They don't get that same information. Um, you're supposed to, to not do that. What was your take on that? Do you think Brooks should have taken a two-stroke penalty once he saw the video? Uh, you know, it, it, it sure did seem like it on the video. Who knows what the, what they were saying, 5-4 for sure. But, yeah, it sure did seem like it. Uh, and the little clip that I saw, although I just saw it on, uh, I think it was on a Twitter feed or whatever that I'd seen it on, so it was kind of blurry and hard to see what uh, actually transpired i you know if, if if you know and it was his caddy doing it so who knows uh you know brooks may not have uh totally known what was going on there uh but you know it, it has been known to be done where caddies just kind of say out the number and maybe not necessarily to the other caddy, but just saying it out loud, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, as here. part of the game. I mean, I mean, you could be talking to yourself and you talk out loud when you're playing golf. Yeah. And say what club yeah. it is. I, I, I think it's a, I think it's a sort of a weird rule. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, that's just that that should be between golfers. That just should be part of it. I don't know about giving somebody a penalty stroke. I mean, guys can look at a club if they look at your club. They've been looking at clubs all their lives. They know what a five iron is, a six iron. They know what a wedge is. I mean, you can look at somebody's clubs, Omar, i got to believe, and you can tell exactly what it is. There's not a club in a bag that can fool you, is there? Uh, most of the time not. Uh, you know, the way they have these new irons coming out with uh, the lies or the lofts on them, mm-hmm. you know, the, especially for the amateur, they're a little bit stronger. So the modern six iron is like a, an old standard five iron as far as length and loft goes. Um, so, you know, sometimes it gets a little difficult, uh, to tell, but for the most part, you get a pretty good idea within a club or two. You can, you can guess pretty well. Well, that would have been a bigger controversy had Brooks Kepka won the tournament, especially if he won it by a stroke or two. Obviously that didn't happen, but, uh, still a conversation for sure with the rules of the game. Omar, you're resting with us. Now, Omar, uh, we are announcing, uh, today and, uh, in the next week that our golf course of the month, powered by Callahan's General Stores, we're telling the history of great golf courses all over Central Texas, and you're a big part of that. We go out and play some holes is, uh, Onion Creek Club, which is your club, uh, you played out of there since you're you were a kid. Uh, this is pretty exciting stuff uh, with Onion Creek. I know it's it's close to your heart, uh, and you know the history at Onion Creek is pretty incredible. And uh, a lot of people don't know that in 1978, uh, the Legends of Golf began at Onion Creek, and before that, there was nothing for older players to continue playing competitive golf. Their their careers were essentially over. 1978, Jimmy Demerit, who was a Masters winner and founded and, and opened Onion Creek in the, in the early 70s, brought the legends of golf to, uh, to Onion Creek in South Austin and some of the great golfers of all time. And you were a, a, little, a little kid, an eight-year-old boy, when that happened. Uh, t- tell me your thoughts and memories of, of those great players coming and what it meant to your golf career and the impact it had on, uh, on your future. Well, uh, it that had a great uh, impact on me. I was, like you said, I think I was actually around nine years old with, when the first one happened. Uh, and we, you know, we joined Onion Creek Club a year after it opened. It opened in 1974. We joined in 75 and then moved out here in 1976. So um, golf was, was in my life and I uh, fell in love with it right away. And so we were able to, you know, my dad worked three jobs. We were able to get out here to Onion Creek and have a good living and just, uh, you know, but as far as the legends goes, 
yeah, just seeing the the guys that I'd heard of, you know, growing up and all the history in the game with, with some of the players like Sam Snead and Gene Sarazen and Art Wall and Julius Boros and Roberto DeVicencio. You know, eventually Arnold Palmer turned 50 and started coming and Chichi Rodriguez. I mean, they were a great inspiration to me and very encouraging. I was, you know, I helped out on the range and they pull me out and here, come on, hit some balls and give me little pointers, you know, just your grip this way, try this and that. And, um, you know, so, uh, they were just, they were very motivational and inspiring to my game. And it, uh, it led to me pursuing the game a, a little bit later in life for sure. And uh, interesting that there was nothing like it. I mean, uh, older players just they just stop playing, I guess, uh, play with their buddies. Yeah. But uh, and as you you told me yesterday that the the purses were greater than that of the uh, the PGA Tour events at the time, so it yes. became a really good payday for those guys. Yes, you know, and uh, it was the, at the time that it started, it was the biggest purse in golf, um, and you know these gentlemen were you know some of them were making more than they probably made in their career. Um, in one tournament after the, if their team won, especially. Uh, so, you know, they were excited to do it. They had a lot of fun doing it. And I would, I ran into a few of them later in life once I had gotten on tour uh, and talked to them, told them I was from Onion Creek, and I watched them play at the Legends of Golf. And, you know, and they were said, man, I missed that tournament and missed that golf course, especially the golf course and, the you know, the fun they had. Um, Jimmy DeBarrett and, uh, did a great job getting the tournament going and our founding members as well. So, but this, those guys were just incredible to watch and just, you know, it was just, uh, inspiring. Pretty awesome. I would also say this, Buck, did you know that they, they carried that event all the way through to 1989? And then of course the champions tour was, was, you know, came out of that, uh, the above 50 yeah. tour that is as it is today. Uh, and Omar, you know, there's a great picture in the the Legends Grill and Onion Creek Club of Ben Crenshaw, uh, you know, Seve Ballesteros putting his first green jacket on in 1984, and in it, Ben Crenshaw is wearing a, an Onion Creek logo because he was playing out of Onion Creek at the time because Brent Buckman was the uh, the head pro there at Onion Creek, uh, and Ben Crenshaw, his first Masters in 1984, uh, was an Onion Creek player, and obviously that was a huge moment for the golf course as well. It was, uh, you know, uh, Brent Buckman and Ben Crenshaw, I believe, were roommates and best friends in college, and they're still great friends. And, um, you know, we were in the pro shop watching it on TV and just were going nuts every time Ben made a putt or hit a great shot and uh, just hooting and hollering. And so it was, uh, it meant a lot to the club to, ha- to have him wearing Onion Creek. So, uh, you know, just, it was such an exciting time and just, you know, glorious for 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 Ben and for us, and, and for a long, long time, uh, Omar, that Onion Creek was you know the home of the LPGA, some LPGA tournaments that were just amazing because it really it really pushed women's golf to the forefront when they started playing there too. It was uh, there were some great players that came through there too. Yes, there were. Yes, there were. You know, um. You know Pat Hurst, Beth uh, Beth Daniel. Yep. I think Laura Davies played here, and you know. So I remember seeing Laura games, Davies. Tell me if somebody could hit it now. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She she can move it out there pretty good. I believe she still can. I talked to Lisa DePaulo, who uh, played for the University of Texas, and um, 
whenever we talk Laura Davis, she's, you know, they're playing, they have a, like a lady senior tour now. Wow. Um, and I think it's called the legends tour and, you know, and Laura plays on there and, and Lisa's been fortunate enough to, to play out there with Laura and just says how far she still hits it. So it's a, uh, that's pretty incredible. No doubt. Well, good times yesterday, Omar. Appreciate it. But Omar made like back-to-back birdies, and you birdied the hole you had your first hole-in-one on when you were eight years old. So I will put that out there. The video will come out later next week. But you did have a birdie on the par three number six hole, which uh, is, is that the truth? Eight years old, your first, your first hole-in-one from 120 yards at number six on the original nine. That is correct. And I was eight, uh, hit a three-wood 120 yards, uh, and you know, landed uh, – I believe there was a there were some trees that used to be short of the green, and there was a branch that overhung, and it kind of nicked the branch, and then landed short of the green and rolled up and disappeared into the hole. And uh, it was pretty crazy. I was playing with a couple of my best friends, and uh, so it it, uh, it was a pretty cool moment in my life, and just it inspired me to to continue as well. And I made my second hole in one out here on number seventeen when I was fourteen years old. And believe it or not, I have not made a hole-in-one at Onion Creek Club since I was 14. So it's been 40 years since I've made a hole-in-one. It's time. <laughs> You've had two before 15 had, and not another one since. That's awesome at yeah, the OC. Well, I've had, I, I have had seven other hole-in-ones, but, you know, just none here at Onion Creek. Wow. <laughs> hey, Omar, thanks a lot. Best of luck this week coming Monday when you uh, go try to qualify there and keep it rolling. And we appreciate you with your help on this uh, you know, tour of Texas golf. We're having a lot of fun with it. Hope folks are keeping up with it at the website at hornfm.com. Thank you, Omar. Omar, thank you, buddy. Thank you, Buck. Thanks, Aaron. Uh, Omar, you're resty. You know, yesterday when we got to 18, the classic 18th hole at uh, Onion oh, Creek, Buck, we, uh, we uh, guess who was playing there? West Short. West was Short, he? another Austin legend, there was go. there and PGA winner. He was there with a group, so we played through with him and had a great time, good conversation with Wes, who's in good good spirits and uh, had a lot of fun with that yesterday. And We'll put that video out next week. Legends of Golf, the Onion Creek Club, it's history. You know the, uh, the logo of Onion Creek, Buck, along with the Masters. When you look at the Onion Creek logo, it's the only logo that the Masters allows to look like that. It does look it's like the similar, state of yeah. Texas. It's the state of Texas with the, the yellow flag in mm-hmm. the hole. And that's because Jimmy Demerit, when he founded the club, had been a Masters winner yep. and got the approval of the Masters to make that the logo. Very similar. So you're it's right. the only golf course in the world that has that, which is a pretty cool piece of information when it comes to Onion Creek Club. All right, we'll come back. When we do, we'll pick this up, and our man, uh, happy, happy Jack Farrell, will lead us through some hot or not topics. Also, as we mentioned, Jerry Hamilton inside Texas joins us next hour, preview the spring game and the Longhorn basketball roster. And David Pierce, uh, head baseball coach at Texas, joins us at 830 on a busy Thursday. What's hot and what's not. What's hot, what's not is brought to you by Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in central Texas. Visit us at TXOrtho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. Hot not Tampa Rays, hottest team in uh, sports right now. They've won 12 in a row to start the baseball season. They'll go for 13 today, which would tie the all-time record at noon. They play the Boston Red Sox. And as you said, Buck, anytime the Red Sox lose, it's a good thing. Yes, it is. Down go the Bo Four Sox. Four in a row, five in a row, three in a row. Just keep losing. Speaking of the – could the Tampa Rays at some point be the Salt Lake City Rays? Because uh, the new uh, Salt Lake City group led by the former Utah Jazz owner, Gail Miller – Plans to pursue a Major League Baseball expansion franchise, but I don't think MLB is planning to expand anytime soon. That's got to be an indoor facility, would it not be? Likely, uh, or the option of, of a roof. 
yeah. but they have a lot of work to do. But that would be interesting. We talk about Austin potentially or Central Texas becoming a Major League Baseball home at some point. Salt Lake City is a name to watch. And Tampa, they don't get much crowd support there and fan support in Tampa. That's a name to watch right there. Also, on the not hot side, looks like Jeff Bezos buck is not going to put in a bid on the he's Washington out. Commanders, as is Tillman Fertitta, the owner of the Houston Rockets. He says he's not going over $5.6 billion, and he can't get to six. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so Jeff Bezos out, Tillman Fertitta out. There really is one ownership group that is uh, moving to the front here as that moves forward. And uh, you know the Washington Commanders will be under new ownership, maybe even by early next month, which would be a good thing for the league, I think. And are you hot or not on this there, uh, uh, Happy Jack and Buck? Trayvon Diggs is the fourth Dallas Cowboys player joining CeeDee Lamb, Dak Prescott, and Tony Pollard, who have gotten massive tattoos on their body, Um, leg or back tattoos. We told you about that uh, Tony Pollard had gotten the full leg sleeve, like from his hip to his ankle, and now Trayvon Diggs has gone full back. Full back tattoos. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with tats. That's up that's up to them. You that's know, like I've, a mural though. I've got this big monster on my back, this big dragon. So butterfly. I can understand where they butterfly. are. Butterfly. I can understand butterfly. where they are. Where the, they old, are. the Ben Affleck giant back piece. Oh, I got the back piece. This yeah. thing's huge. This thing's huge. Trayvon Diggs. This thing's got look at the vines and everything else that's, going on. It's a beautiful piece of work, but it's forever. Yeah, Tony Pollard, Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, and Trayvon Diggs now all with the full humongous ink. Uh, going all in on the Cowboys side of things. We also mentioned the Cowboys interested potentially in trading for Derrick Henry of the Tennessee Titans. USA Today reports that the uh, Titans do plan to shop the big back and the future Hall of Famer coming up uh, uh, through draft weekend, trying to bring up some draft capital potentially. He's going into the final year of his deal. Jack, you you in on that if you're a Cowboys fan? Uh, Derrick Henry to go with Tony Pollard in the backfield? I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I do know that as soon as Derrick Henry gets to Dallas, that's when he falls off the cliff. <laughs> He'd fall off the cliff. Well, uh, yeah, being a Houston Texans fan who gets to see Derrick Henry twice a year, that dude is a beast. I mean, no one wants to tackle that guy. I saw him last year, whatever his age is, rush for 200-plus yards against the Texans, and they didn't even want to tackle him. They can no, run away from the guy. He's got at least a year in his tank. That means the Cowboys can then go get another offensive lineman. Yeah, the draft, if they were to acquire Derrick Henry, it would have to be for, they couldn't be for a higher than a third-round pick, maybe fourth-round pick. He's 30-plus years old, but he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, you wonder what the Titans are asking for. They want to go younger and start the rebuild under a new general manager. But uh, interesting, Cowboys feel like they're going for it now, right? They've already acquired Brandon Cooks and Stephon, er, and, uh, Stephon Gilmore. Sure. And another veteran player like that. As uh, you said, that guy needs weapons. Dak needs weapons. He does, more than less. Sure. He can't carry a team as a quarterback. We know that. Uh, what do you have for us there, Jack Farrell? All right, I'm very excited about this. Are you gentlemen familiar with the basketball tournament? The basketball tournament. I've heard of this. This is like a you get get signed up, and it's like a million-dollar first prize or something? Yes, sir. And all the teams are basically old college t- uh, guys who maybe had an overseas career, maybe decided it wasn't for them, you know, pro-am kind of guys. But just yesterday it was announced that the University of Texas – will be fielding an alumni team for the basketball tournament this summer. And I want to get y'all's thoughts on some of the names Here we go. on this roster. It's it's stacked. Mike Cabongo, Kerwin Roach, Andrew Snoop. Jones, Jordan Hamilton, Clint Chapman, Cam Ridley, Alexi Wangmeni, Sterling Gibbs, and NBA champion Dexter Pittman. Big D. All right, so they're going to play, and this is uh, this is you can't be a professional at this time at the time, right? Is that the way that works? 
Uh, I believe uh, there's an NBA stipulation because I know I was looking up Dexter Pittman and he is still playing over in Kuwait. All right, you can't be an NBA player. I believe so. Right. And th- where do they play this tournament? This sounds like a, it's like a million dollar first prize. I'm not sure where they play. I think it uh, rotates, but it's uh, been getting more popular over the years. They have the Elam ending, which I love. What's Elam ending? It's uh, when they play to a score instead of you know playing oh, on a clock. clock? So you avoid all the, the foul thing at the end of the game. You know, fouling to try and get back into it. It's just play to a total. So it uh it makes the end of games a lot better. That's pretty cool. I like that. Well, we'll be rooting for those. What's, what's the name of that again? The the tournament? It's at TBT on Twitter, but it's the basketball tournament. Cool. Ooh. And you, you just it's like an open, right? You just enter your team, enter your team. Longhorns are doing it. Let's root for them. A million. Well, let's bucks get at the Zay pot. and his dudes from Gregory Gym. <laughs> let's go. Get BK and Zay. Remember, remember oh, BK yeah. was a big hoopster down there at Gregory oh, yeah. Gym. Get Zay. They could throw his. his uh, his booty around and oh my goodness, the down in the low post with Zay. That's some blast from the past, right there, though, Jack Farrell. I didn't hadn't heard the name of Alexi Wang Wang Mini in a while. Mike Cabongo. You know, Roach is there too, yeah. And when uh, when Coach Ter- Rodney Terry was introduced as the, the full time head coach, he dropped the name Doge Balbay. Doge, Doge that's Balbay. right. Bring him back. He had gone Turkish to his legend. Wedding. The Turkish legend. Yeah, he had gone to his wedding and talking about how he keeps up with his players. Yeah, Doge Balbay. Uh, good stuff, right there, Jack. We'll come back. When we do, we'll reset your headlines, including the latest on the, the fluidity of the Longhorn basketball roster. And we're going to ask Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas about that coming up. Uh, who's staying, who's going for the Longhorns. Plus, we'll talk some spring football with uh, Jerry. David Pierce joins the show at 8.30 to talk Texas baseball. Had to do a series in Waco this weekend.